1: All right, before I get to my next guest, Paul Stankowski, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors, beginning with our friends over at the Ben Hogan Golf Company. When Ben Hogan founded his company in 1953, his mission was to make the finest golf equipment in the world, and that remains their mission today. They forge every club they make to provide the feel and feedback investment clubs simply can provide. And their craftsmen micromanufacture each club to your exacting specifications and their Fort Worth, Texas factory. You'll only find Ben Hogan Golf Equipment online at BenHoganGolf.com. Visit them there today to learn about their great products and their great prices. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret the pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power play plus four and release the secret their pros know now available on tour velvet the winningest grip on tour grip confidence grip golf pride and folks this segment of the show was sponsored by our friends at the pga tour superstore this segment of the show is brought to you
0: by the pga tour superstore see why golfers everywhere are proud to call pga tour superstore their golf pro shop visit them online at pga now back to chris and more of the show
1: All right, now back in making his 11th appearance with me here on Next on the T.S. Champions Tour Pro, Paul Stankowski. Paul's been a great guest on the show over the years and is a guy that has meant a great deal to me. First, join me back on episode number seven on June 1st of 2014. And here we are tonight on episode number three hundred and eleven. Always look forward to talking with Paul. Let me remind you about his background. He's from Oxnard, California and started playing golf at the age of eight. He attended the University of Texas, El Paso, where he was a three-time All-American, and he won the Western Athletic Conference Championship in 1990. Turned pro in 1991. His first pro victory came at the 1996 Nike, Louisiana Open. He backed that up by winning the very next week on the PGA Tour at the Bell South Classic here in Atlanta, becoming the first golfer in history to win on the Corn Ferry Tour and then the PGA Tour in back-to-back weeks. In all, Paul has seven professional victories and 31 top 10 finishes. Like I mentioned, you can now see him playing out on the Champions Tour. And I'm very thankful to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Paul, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Always good to catch up with you, my friend. Um, but it's been a minute. Talk about uh, what's going on with you in uh, in this crazy year of 2020. You know, dealing with everything we're dealing with as a uh, as a society.
2: What a weird year. Um, you know, everyone's going through it, though, to some extent. And, um, you know, but life goes on. I, you know, this year uh, I saw my my daughter graduate from high school. We sent her off to college. Uh, my son starting his second year of college. Um, you know, I turned 50 at the end of 19 and thought 2020 was going to be a really fun year to chase around the, the PJ Tour champions. And, uh, um, yeah, and then this darn virus had to show up and throw everything, uh, <laughs> put a wrench in the plan.
1: And, and to that end, Paul, as you mentioned, you, you got the, your Champions Tour debut. I know it probably wasn't the timing that you wanted. You, you, you finally get out there a couple of weeks ago. We'll talk about the tournament in a minute, but um, – Talk about, uh, you know, getting out on the Champions Tour. Was it painful waiting as long as you had to wait? And, and, oh, by the way, it's not like everybody. Just when you turn 50, as long as you played on the PGA Tour, you automatically get to go play on the Champions Tour. Talk about what it takes to actually get the opportunity to play out there.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um, You know, when I quit playing, um, I I pressed pause on my career back August 1 of 2013 um and uh I had you know kind of plan b crept in and and that was to to run a belt company um that I started with a buddy of mine and um and so august one of of thirteen uh after really seven eight months of of trying to do both play and get a business started, I decided to kind of hang up the the spikes if you will and and put my my dress shoes on and head to the office every day and and i did that but when i did quit. Uh, the Champions Tour had um, uh, kind of a different qualification and, and uh, at the time it was if you had uh, two, two or more wins, um, essentially you had, uh, uh, you could play out there with your 50, until your 52nd birthday uh, under that category. And, and about a year and a half into my um, uh, early retirement or pause, or whatever you want to call it, they changed the rules and made, uh, made it a little more difficult and I went from being on the inside to the outside, so um, kind of picked up the practice and, and was gearing up for 2020 um, in early about mid 2018, and and um, turned 50 in December. Actually, the day before uh, the final stage of Q school, the, qualifi- the champions qualifying school started, and and um, there there were 80 guys for five spots, um, and. Uh, I was I was in it I was in the top five the first 67 of 72 holes and and kind of choked my way to the finish and made three bogeys a par and a birdie down the stretch and went from being on the inside to finishing two shots out tied for seventh and um, so that that kind of put me in a spot where instead of being exempt um, I have uh, you know the pleasure of, of getting to do the Monday qualifiers uh, each week and and um, well. COVID kind of ate up half the season. So we've had, I think we've had six qualifying six or seven events actually had qualifiers uh, up to this point. And I was fortunate enough a couple weeks ago to, uh, to make my first one. I, I had missed a couple by a shot. Um, and, you know, it's hard, you know, the fields out there are are full of players like myself who are former PGA tour winners. Um, and, you the fields are about 35 to 50 players every week and, and we're playing for four spots. Um, but they're still really good guys really good players as well. And, and so it's, uh, it's not easy. Um, there are no guarantees. And, and I was very fortunate to, uh, to string together some, some good holes and, and, uh, and actually get, uh, get through, uh, and get able uh, was able to, to get inside the ropes finally for the first time uh, out there on the champions tour, uh, with all my old friends and guys that I've played with for many years Um, and then getting to do it at Pebble beach, which Pebble's my favorite place to play on earth. Um, I I love, I love playing it. I love the history behind it. Um, I, you know, I, I I think I've played probably 75 rounds of golf, maybe more there at Pebble beach and it's just something to it. So to make my, my, uh, you know, first start out there at Pebble, um, flew my son into caddy for me, and and it was it really was a dream week, Chris. You know, I, I didn't win; I finished 45th, um, but I felt really good about the way I I hit the ball tee to green. Um, I felt really good about the way I I uh, internalized uh, my my golf for the week. I, I felt uh, a great peace out there, which, um, you know, the first few times you know Q school, like could say, I, I I really felt the pressure and and choked. Down the stretch, um I felt some nerves in a few of the Monday qualifiers down the stretch and and so you know, not playing for so many years um and then all of a sudden trying to get the sticks out one thing this the, the swinging golf club is well i that's what I've done my whole life, but you know then you start putting the pressure on and and you have to rethink like remember how to do that under under pressure remember how to how to uh kind of put the um the distractions away, kind of how to narrow my focus back on uh, you know, the object at hand, which is the shot in front of me. And um it's been a it's been a process, uh one in which, you know, I'd love to say is is enjoyable, but you know, on one hand it is because I'm learning um, and I love I love learning. I love getting better. Um but it's high stress and, and uh uh but all that to say it's 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 been a it's as crazy as it's this year's been for everybody. Uh, you know, a lot of things that you know, I, I was able to be home for, for, uh, you know, months at a time, which I haven't done that uh, in the entirety of my marriage, 27 years. Um, and uh, so that was great uh, getting to be home. Um, you know, I got to the point where I did miss the smell of jet fuel a little bit. Um, I like to, I like to travel, but, but uh, so it's been, it's been weird, but you know, during, during the whole COVID deal, I was able to get out, Uh, Well, while the golf courses were closed, I actually bought a a net uh, and a mat and started practicing in my backyard. Um, And, uh, you know, once our courses opened up here in in Dallas, I I spent pretty much every day and I really have, um, you know, for the last four or five months, uh, just swinging the golf club, trying to be ready for when when the bell rings, whether I Monday qualify or, or I get that that really cool phone call saying that uh, I'm getting a sponsor invite. You know, those are the two things that as a, as a professional athlete right now, I'm kind of holding, holding to. is, you know, I want to be ready when the bell rings. And, and um, so, yeah, so I, you know, I think all in all it is as sucky as it has been uh, in, in terms of uh, quarantines and lockdowns and masks and, and, you know, the, just everything that comes with it, you know, there's been a lot of, there's some silver lining out there that, that uh, I need to continue to focus on. And, and uh, so I'm grateful through
1: it. And Paul, you, you mentioned that being at peace and getting back together with your old friends and all of that. What was it like emotionally, you know, stepping to the first tee of your first champions tour event nervous? Are you, were you prepared for it? Was it what you thought? Talk about Tina for the first time out there.
2: Thankfully, you know, the qualifying was on Tuesday and the tournament started on Friday. So um in my car heading to um to go get COVID tested um, after I qualified, um I I was definitely I had some tears shedded. Um I was I was emotional. It 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 was um it was kind of a dreamy scenario, you know, that, that I finally, I'm finally getting my chance, right. To, to play. And, and, um, and like I say, again, at Pebble beach. And by, at that point, we'd already, my wife and I already decided that, um, that, you know, Josh can miss some school and, and come and, and, and caddy. So I was so eager, um, uh, to play. And I was actually, um, convinced that I was going to test positive for the coronavirus just because that, that would just be fitting, <laughs> you know, and uh, not because I felt bad or anything, but I was like, you know, sure enough, I qualify, I'll probably get, yeah, you know, test positive. Uh, but thankfully, you know, I was, I was negative and, and, uh, and then flying Josh in, he was negative. And so we were able to play a practice round on Wednesday um, just by myself. We played through VJ on one hole, but it was just me and Josh cruising around Pebble Beach in the afternoon. Um, and then Thursday morning, I actually, I played with, uh, Lee Jansen, Scott Perrell and Retief Goosen. And, and so it was fun to, to actually get paired with some, some good players again. And, and, um, and that was cool. And so come, come Friday, um, I had a piece about it. You know, I was, I was probably more nervous that I had to tee off on 10 at Pebble, because 10 is a much more difficult starting hole than one uh, at Pebble beach. And, and so you know you have to get in a, sh- in a cart about thirty minutes before your tea time and uh and I had a eight eight ten tea time, so it was already early in the morning or eight twenty whatever it was, and so you know us older fellows chris, you know it takes it takes a while to warm up and it doesn't take very long to get stiff again, so I was more nervous <laughs> about just having the tee off on ten and and you know the Pacific Ocean's just sitting over there to the right beckoning and and uh uh, but it but it felt good, you know, to put the tee in the ground and to to hear my name called again. And and um, I had a tee shot hit through the fairway in the bunker. And and uh, but I was off and running. And it was uh, everything. I, I just kind of used all the the little the things I've learned over the years with the different um, sports psychologists or or different guys that I work with on the mental game, um, just to kind of go through these checklists. Okay, you know. How to, how to slow my, I got to slow everything down. Um, and I actually had in my playlist, uh, my game playlist that I, I listened to on the range, warming up. Um, the last song, uh, on that playlist is, uh, called slow me down. And, uh, it's written by a, a guy named Robbie C. Um, and it was, uh, it's just a, a, a sweet, a sweet song. Um, just about, well, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, about slowing down and, uh, I didn't want to get ahead of myself. So I really did felt a piece out there on the golf course. And, and, uh, like I say, getting inside the ropes again, having shots that matter, um, on the big stage, you know, for the old guys, um, it was, it, it was, uh, it was awesome. I, I, I had, like I say, had a handful of times early in the week where I got emotional, um, just you know, even walking the fairways in the practice round with Josh and, and just looking over at him carrying the bag and it was just it, such such a joy in my heart. Um you know, I lost my dad a year ago, this week actually. Um <clears throat> and so I knew that he would have been thrilled um uh, to you know get to watch me play. So I, I knew that wasn't gonna happen, but <clears throat> it was so there's a lot of emotion going through there and and um you know looking back at the week. Um, it was, it was awesome. That's all I can say.
1: So obviously the iconic course at Pebble Beach and the holes that, you know, we've all grown to know so well and um, getting back out, I'm just curious, 17, standing up on that tee, what, what were the, uh, what were the playing conditions like? And uh, did you get gusty winds? And talk about the, uh, the strategy and the difficulty and playing such a relatively short par 3.
2: Yeah, no, thankfully uh, this week the wind was um was gently at our back and gently off the right. So it couldn't have been easier. <laughs> you know, I I uh, it's a hundred and you know the pin day 1 was back left um uh, there's a front a front pin and a and a back right pin. I can't remember which days they were, but um but it's only, you know, the whole play between like 93 and 106 yards or something like that. And, but it's downhill, it's downwind. And, and, you know, I'd shift a little 56 a couple times and hit a 60 the last day. Um, I've hit five iron off that tee before. So, uh, you know, anytime the wind blows toward the water there, um, things get a little challenging uh, when it starts blowing 30 miles an hour in your face, that's when it gets pretty scary. But when you have a gentle five to 10 at your back, um, and you just have to hit a little sand wedge. It's it you know the, the hole itself. If you if you're smart enough to aim it in the middle of the green, it's it's a pretty big target. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know you want to take on that back left hole location. and pull it a little bit, uh, it, it uh, or back right and you push it, it. It leads to some some high stress and and uh, some bogeys. But um, yeah, it, it's the, the the conditions for the week. The golf course was in spectacular condition. Um, the greens were just a touch slower than they, they usually were for the AT&T. Um, and so they were, you know, probably 10 and a half on the meter, nothing fancy. Now the greens, they have a lot of slope anyway to them. So, uh, they don't have to be stupid fast, but the, uh, the winds were, you know, five to 15 all week. Sun was, sun was out a couple, a couple times the fog rolled in, but it was pebble beach. It is, it is. For the listeners, if you've never been there, I mean, it's it's a there's two places on earth that when I when I show up, um, there's just a peace and calm uh, that come over me, and it's Pebble Beach and it's Dove Mountain up in, in Tucson. Um, they're 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 both obviously completely different. One's on the coast and one's in the mountains and in the desert, but um, they're, they're yeah, Pebble is just Uh, It's amazing. Holes four through 10 are my my favorite stretch of golf Uh, on earth. It's just, I've taken, I think I've taken the same pictures um, over and over and over every year, you know, on the same holes. And and it's uh, yeah, it's such a great place uh, to to just to play golf, uh, to have fun, Uh, even better to to play competitive golf and even better yet to play against the best in the world.
1: So, all in all, Paul, I'd say you had a pretty solid first tournament out there. Are we going to get to see you more often in 2021?
2: You know, um, I'm going to go I, on October 5th. I'll be trying to qualify for the SAS, which is in uh, North Carolina, outside of Raleigh. Um, so, I'm hoping to play there. Golf Course Prestonwood um, is, is really good uh, where they have the, the actual tournament. Um so i you know, there's a shot I can play in that one. Um, I'm actually going to play on the PGA tour in Bermuda, uh, a few weeks later in October. Um, and then, uh, I'm, you know, I'm hoping I, I get a shot to play in Phoenix in the last event of the season on the Schwab, uh, or on the, uh, the champions tour, but, um, uh, that's it. You know, the season's shortening out, uh, winding down if you will. And, and, um, there's no Q school this year. So, uh, I'm not going to get to do that in December, Um, but, you know, come next January, whenever the, the champions tour starts, I'll be writing letters for exemptions and sending in those entry forms for the qualifiers and, and uh, we'll see if I can find a way to, to earn my way uh, into exempt status out there.
1: Paul, just a couple more before I let you go. And um, we're in, and amongst all of the craziness that uh, is 2020. The next two majors on the PGA tour are both the masters. So we're going to get to see Augusta national for the first time in November. So a different time of year, um, your thoughts on a, on a master's in November and what you expect to see.
2: I do not mind seeing the masters every week, Chris. <laughs> it's one of my favorite tournaments to watch. Um, it was. Uh, I think I've only missed watching three of them, um, and that was the three years I actually played in the tournament. But uh, even then, I, I'm sure I, when I wasn't on the golf course, I had it tuned in. There's something special about uh, hearing Jim Nance and, and the, the, the music and the birds and, and Augusta. It's just a stunning, stunning view uh, on TV. So I, you know, I I can't wait to see it in November. Obviously, not going to have azaleas. Uh, but you know what, they'll figure a way out. They'll, they'll make it work. There might be more (laughs) resilience. Who knows? Um, but it's going to look a little bit different. Um, obviously with no spectators as well, that'll be wild. It'll be weird to not hear the roars. Um, I was fortunate enough to go a couple years ago. Um, and tiger was making his little run there and, and the, the roars are, it's it's just so cool to hear there. So it's going to be different in November, and uh, but I'll be tuned in. You know, it's going to be televised, which is great. We're going to get the same, you know, bird chirps that we always hear. Jim, the silky tones of Jim Nance and the boys will be calling the the event, and and um, you know, the golf course it might play a little softer, maybe. Uh, all I can think of is, you know, it could be could be a little cooler. Although they've had some cold days in April. Um, but November it could be a little bit cooler, maybe a little more uh moisture in the in the golf course. Um I don't know, I think it's gonna be awesome. And the fact that we get we get, you know, one in November and one in April again, heck yeah. It's gonna be great.
1: <laughs> and speaking of calling the event, um, when are we gonna get to hear Paul Stankowski call an event again? I miss you in the broadcast booth.
2: Yeah, you know, I the, the plan was to take this season off and and um you know, I had a couple opportunities to to jump in uh to fill in and unfortunately it didn't work out where you know, I was actually playing. Uh and I think SAS was going to be a week that, that that week I forget they're in uh Vegas I think. Uh they asked if I could do it but um so yeah, I you know, I'm I'm hoping uh, to get back in the uh on the mic at some point next year and you know, I'm still going to be doing some chasing this, uh, the champions tour around a bit, but I'm hoping I can find, you know, six to eight weeks, um, in there somewhere to, to get back on the call. I, I, enjoy the, the, uh, PGA tour entertainment. Um, and it's a lot of fun to, uh, you know, to, to see golf from that perspective, you know, it's, uh, it, we're still watching and, and when, we're, when I'm working PGA tour live, um, you know, we're calling the action that we see. And, and, um, uh, so it's fun, it, it, great team, a lot of great professionals that, uh, that work behind the scenes with both PJ tour, uh, live and PJ tour radio. Um, I can't say enough about them from producers to, um, all, everyone who works sound and font and, and just everywhere. They're, they're, um, they're a lot of fun and they're really good at what they do. So, you know, we just, we just sit there and talk, but they make it all happen. So, Um, I I look forward to getting back with that, with those teams and and seeing if I can, uh, you know, help make um, golf sound a little cooler.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed you do. You know, I can't let you go without asking you about your Dallas Cowboys. How do you feel about this season? Been a couple of tough losses and a, and a miracle comeback win against the Falcons. How do you feel about your boys?
2: Well, we're still hurting over uh, our Dallas Stars getting eliminated last night. Um, it was a, a fun Stanley Cup Finals. It was great to see us back in, but uh, um, that one hurt. But as far as the Cowboys go, yeah, you know, obviously the win against Atlanta was um, was shocking. Um, the, to come back uh, like they did to actually sneak out the victory, and you know, I think on on paper, I don't. I think everybody. Pretty much predicted that Seattle was going to win the game in Seattle, um, but you know they they made a run. I, I unfortunately I was flying back from the Napa Valley Sunday, um, and I didn't get to watch uh, much of the game. But from, from what I understand, my son said that they took a bunch of bad penalties and and um, but they still had a chance. So I think you know what this is a good team. It is we said it we we've, we've now said it for the last what. 13 years and we finish eight and eight every year. So um, one of these, one of these days I'm going to probably wise up and say they suck and then they'll probably win the Super Bowl. But, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think they're, I think they're good. You know, they're, they're a good team, obviously a new coach trying to find them, you know, understand the, the, the system a little bit and um, you know, but Dak's a, a more than capable quarterback. I think he's shown some, some brilliance to throw for 400 and however many yards he threw against Seattle, a defense that, isn't very uh well they're pretty stingy historically. So um that's good. Our whiteouts. the C D Lamb kid is uh man, he's he's the real deal, I think. But with Cooper and Lamb and Galloway and then you got um um well Zeke is well he's not too shabby either. So um if we could just figure out our our defense, that's kind of that's kind of been the uh the Achilles heel, if you will, giving up big plays You can't give up that touchdown uh, that they gave up late in the game. Um, Making Russell scramble around, and then he throws that little 30-yarder on third and three. um, You know, that hurts, but it seems to happen far too often. So um, I I still have hope, though, Chris. I still have hope.
1: (laughs) Good for you, Paul, as you should. Paul, before I let you go, you've mentioned uh, your business, but uh, let our folks know about Francis Edwards and uh, what you're doing and how they can follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media. Well,
2: yeah, Francis Edward, I actually stepped, I stepped aside and and, uh, I I sold it um, now oh, a year and a half ago. I'm still around as a consultant, but, uh, and the business is still going, but um, that's that. I, uh, you know, I, I spend a lot of my time now uh, with Icon golf. It's a private golf membership that, uh, I serve as ambassador of, and, um, that's why I was up in, in the, the Napa Valley here the last week, spending time with our members and, um uh, playing golf and drinking some good wine. And, um, but yeah, Icon golf is, is, uh, is what I do, um, when I'm not out practicing and, um, it's a great membership. So that's taken up some of my time and I'm obviously still on all the social media uh, channels, but, um, yeah, uh. Just playing play a lot of golf, man. I feel like a kid. I, I don't feel like a kid when I get up. Because I can't, I can't move very well. <laughs> it takes me a while. But, uh, but it's fun. It's fun still getting to play a game for a living. Uh, even though I'm, I'm still on the outside looking in every now and then I'm going to get, I'm going to get a shot at it. And it's uh, it's a blast.
1: Well, Paul, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming back and being a part of the show as often as you have 11 times dating all the way back to, Episode number seven. You've uh, you've been a wonderful guest and a fantastic supporter of the show, and I can't thank you enough for that. And I'm excited for you for the Champions Tour. I'm, I'm hoping that I get to see you out there a bunch, whether that's you know the few times you mentioned for the rest of this calendar year, and certainly a whole lot in 2021. Best of luck to you. Stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family.
2: For having me again. I didn't realize it was 11 times, but. Uh, but you're a great host, and, and you you come prepared, and and I love it. So keep doing what you do, buddy.
1: I appreciate you, Paul. Take care, my friend. Looking forward to catching up with you again real soon.
2: Okay, bye. Cheers.
1: See you, Paul. That's the great Paul Stankowski. And, again, you can follow him on social media, at Paul Stankowski. And, and hopefully we get to see him out on the Champions Tour and doing some great things. And, like you said, he'll be out on the PGA Tour in uh, in a few weeks as well.